Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Our exploration of Jesus' family members this past month has reminded us of the place that each of us has in God's family, as well as illuminating the spiritual pathways that each of us are walking in our own journey to God. This morning, I invite you to turn to Mark chapter three. And I'll let you know as you do that this is not a passage we normally hear at Christmas time, but it's one that provides a revealing glimpse of Jesus' own family dynamics. And before we turn to God's word, let's turn to him and ask him to lead us in this time together. Let's pray. Oh, holy God, here we are today sitting at your feet in worship of you, longing to learn once again from you. Lord, please feed us today. Lead us through your Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Give us minds to reflect and give us hearts to respond. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter three, beginning with verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Amen. Families can be a mixed bag. They, they are a source of wonderful experiences and rich memories that we enjoy together. My wife, Deborah, and I have been blessed in recent Christmases to have our son, Matthew, and our daughter-in-law, Megan, and our daughter, Suzanne, all with us for Christmas. And this year is particularly poignant because of an early birthday gift I was given this fall. The gift was a mug, but not just any mug. It was a mug that announced my new role in the family. And this Christmas, as we await the arrival of this new family member next May, each of us are are filled with love for this one who doesn't yet have a clue who we even are. And we are reflecting upon and, uh, and pondering what our roles will be in the years ahead as parents, as an aunt, and as grandparents. Families can be an incredible source of beauty. Families can also be messy. And that's today's theme, is messy family. When our kids were around four and one, there was 
one evening when we bathed them and then gave them a little more time to play before bedtime. And after a while, my, my wife very wisely noticed it's way too quiet. And so we went downstairs to the playroom and we discovered that our children had discovered the ashes in the fireplace. And they were covered with ashes and that room was covered with ashes. We were a messy family that night. Then there was the time we had a babysitter and they decided to play hide and seek while we were gone and no big deal except that one of the kids hid behind the Christmas tree and then knocked it over on their way back out. And as I remember, it took hours to untangle those lights. Those are now humorous stories from the past. But the messiness of family can sometimes be so much more painful than that. Conflict and misunderstandings can grow over time. Hurts and resentment can linger for years. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of us this morning don't long for different family dynamics than what we are experiencing. Every family is made up of flawed and imperfect people like me, and like you. And we're all doing the best we have with what we have to work with. Today's passage reveals some messiness within Jesus' own family. And it also leads to a wonderful promise to us about our role in God's family. Now context uh, is always important when we are reading scripture. So it's actually helpful if we move back a few verses to verse 20 of this chapter when Mark actually begins the story by telling us, then Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him for they said, he is out of his mind. It wasn't unusual for Jesus to place ministry over his own personal needs, moved as he was by how much he needed to accomplish in how little time there was. And this, coupled with the growing confrontation that was taking place with the relig religious leaders, prompted Jesus' family to believe that he was a danger to himself. The Greek wording for his family's response here literally means they went to seize him, believing that he was out of control. Mark uses the same wording elsewhere to describe attempts to bind Jesus, to deprive him of his freedom. And so we learn here that Jesus' own family wasn't on board with what he was doing. Now, rather than continue this story, Mark actually pulls back and he sandwiches it around another story of those who were pushing against Jesus. And his reason for doing this is to give back-to-back -back examples of the growing resistance taking place against Jesus actually from multiple 
directions. And so we read in verse 22. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebul. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Now this delegation from Jerusalem may have been legal specialists sent to determine the legitimacy of Jesus' ministry. Uh, Such a a declaration required a a thorough investigation on the spot by an official envoy. And we also know that earlier in this same chapter, the religious leaders were already talking about killing Jesus. And so this was a necessary step to discredit him. Now these teachers from Jerusalem didn't deny Jesus' power to perform the miracles that he had prior to this account. Instead, they denounced the source of Jesus' power by leveling two charges against him, that he was demon-possessed and in collusion with the prince of demons. And they concluded that what Jesus was doing was unlawful. After recording Jesus' response to these leaders, Mark returns to the family drama in the passage that we have before us today. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Now this phrase, looking for, means so much more than just looking around to see where he was. This phrase occurs 10 times in the Gospel of Mark and each account describes an attempt to gain control over Jesus. Jesus' family believed that it knew better than he did what was best for him. And they expected Jesus to honor their wishes. This expectation uh, was rooted in the important role that family played in that culture. Now the constant challenge with religious leaders was surely wearying for Jesus time after time after time. But imagine how much harder it was to have family members who didn't believe in, who didn't support what he was doing. Mary, his mother Mary, the one who so quickly said yes to God when told of Jesus' birth and the role that he would play, had now joined together with his other family members in basically telling him to stop what he's doing and to come home. Well, unfortunately for the family, when they arrived, they couldn't penetrate the crowd around Jesus. It was so dense, and so they sent word to Jesus for him to come out to them. And instead of agreeing to their request, Jesus made it a teaching moment. Without even acknowledging his family, Jesus offered a rhetorical question to the crowd around him. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. 
And then perhaps allowing that question to linger for a moment as people tried to think what the answer might be, Jesus went on to provide the answer. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Now, if we're honest, Jesus' dismissal of his family in this passage tends to make us cringe when we read it because we can only imagine how hurtful his response must have been to those who were there out of love for him. And those around Jesus were probably shocked to hear such uh, an abrupt, dismissive response to his family. But let's step back for a moment and let's consider what these words we've just heard meant to early Christians as they read them. It wasn't unusual for so many of these individuals to leave other faith backgrounds to follow Jesus in those early decades. And when they did, many of them were disowned by their family. The same thing still happens today. And so Jesus' reassurance that they were gaining a larger family of faith would have helped ease the sting of the family that they were losing. We also know Jesus wasn't completely dismissive to his family. When he hung on the cross, even in the midst of that pain, he looked down and had a tender moment with his mother Mary, entrusting her into the care of his disciple John. And we are looking over these weeks of Advent not only at Jesus' family, but also at, at spiritual pathways before us for us to faithfully follow. And Jesus' declaration in today's passage offers two characteristics of what membership in his family looks like. First, we remain close to Jesus. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Jesus' new definition of family encompassed those who sought to be near him, to be in his proximity in this home. And any family relationships that are meaningful certainly require a lot of time together. Like those seated near Jesus that day, we want to remain in close proximity to him so that we can be influenced by our Lord. And then the second characteristic of family membership offered by Jesus is that we remain aligned with God. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Spending time with Jesus helps us better understand what's important to our Heavenly Father. And as we live this out, we develop more of a family resemblance over time. By adding sisters in this final verse to the mention of mothers and brothers, Jesus reinforces the inclusive nature of his family. 
Jesus didn't teach a lot about family. And this passage probably wouldn't work so well on Mother's Day. (laughs) But today, this Christmas, it offers a glorious reminder of what we have been celebrating this weekend. Is it the birth of Jesus? Yes, and also more. Is it God's incredible initiative to enter our world to take on our flesh to save us? Yes, and also more. At Christmas, we celebrate our entrance into the family of God through Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul puts this beautifully in Galatians when he writes, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Jesus entered our world and he went to the cross so that we could be adopted into his family of faith. Perhaps this Christmas, there are things about your earthly family that you wish were different. Or perhaps you long for family experiences you're not able to have because family is no longer living or they're many, many miles away. Here's the joyful encouragement of today's passage. Jesus calls us his brothers and sisters. He invites each of us into a personal relationship with him as members of his family. Now let's get the bad news out of the way first because there is some bad news. And that is that Jesus' family consists of the same flawed and imperfect people as your own family. And there's no getting around that. But here's the good news. We have a heavenly father who knows each of us intimately who loves each of us unconditionally, who understands each of us fully, and who longs to draw each of us ever deeper into his loving embrace as loved and valued members of his family. Now perhaps you're worshiping here this morning or online with other family members and you're really just doing it because they asked you to be a part of what they are doing today. You have not yet sold on what Jesus has to offer. Maybe you have questions or concerns or doubts that keep you from taking that step forward into relationship. And if that's the case, There is a beautiful 
footnote to today's passage that I would love to highlight for you. The family members who came to collect Jesus most likely included his brother James. And the doubts that James would have had on that day would have lingered on as Jesus continued in his ministry. And yet there was a point when James decided to move from doubt about Jesus to conviction, that he wanted to be a part of what Jesus was doing. And the reason we know this is that James, the brother of Jesus, became the leader of the church in Jerusalem after his death and wrote a letter that we have in our New Testament. Now it took James longer to get there than it did those who were crowded around Jesus in that home in today's passage. And that's okay. Because when it comes to entering into God's divine family, we all have different timing. And even when our spiritual pathway is filled with doubts, God is willing to wait. And he will meet us in those doubts. For there will always be room in God's family for one more, no matter how long it takes for us to get there. Jesus came so that we could all experience a new family of faith. And we have been celebrating this these past weeks with our song, Our Family Was Born on Christmas Night. Listen again to some of the words. Our family was born on Christmas night when hearts beheld God's Son. This child is salvation's holy light in whom we are all made one. In Jesus Christ, we have been adopted into God's heavenly family, and that is worth celebrating. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us, even in spite of who we are. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you for drawing us to you wherever we may be on our own faith journey. Lord, may we sense your love. May we sense your invitation. May we anticipate the joy that you have to offer us of your divine family. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.